Welcome to Excel Leadership, an organization devoted to navigating enterprise on the high seas. Core values, core leadership, and core training. Dr. Bill Purvis is the leader of one of America's mega churches, a highly sought after motivational speaker, and founder and CEO of Excel Leadership. Businesses and industries today spend enormous amounts of money on training and wonder why they aren't seeing the results of these expenditures. Excel Leadership delivers results. Excel Leadership challenges you to grow in your personal life, leadership skills, and alignment of core values to achieve your maximum potential. Let's listen in as Bill speaks to a live audience of people just like you who are eager to grow in their leadership skills. We're going to be talking today about taking the fear out of decision making. This is, in my, my opinion, probably one of the high value deals. If you do this, this will, uh, this will probably help you more than anything else in business because we're living in a day when you have to make the right decision, but you got to make it quickly. And, and you want to make certain that as you make it, that it's one you don't have to go back and, um, and clean up. So here's some thoughts about it. I mentioned here in the intro, no one likes tough decisions. Many people don't like making decisions at all. To make a decision means we eliminate other options and select a single choice. It means we must give up the benefit of all possibilities for just one. And the biggest risk that we might not, uh, the biggest risk we take is we might not make the right decision. It could be fear of failure, rejection, or difficulty that keeps many people from making decisions. I mentioned here, a leader's got to be able to make decisions. By the way, that's really how you'll know. If you're in a room and there's a lot of problems, guess who gets to be the leader? The one who makes the decision. The one who solves the problem gets to rise to leadership. And so that's one of the quickest ways. If you're looking for promotion and advancement, come to the table when you've got a boardroom or meeting. Come prepared. Come with some answers. You'll be amazed at how fast you will start moving up the ranks just because you've got some answers because that's what those at the top are looking for. Now, we mentioned here that uh, Today, we're going to try to attempt to take the fear out of making those decisions because there are a lot of people that I think when it comes to the tough call, I've always believed that there's probably some people, anytime you're talking to a group of people that are about, that are about just that close to making one tough call. And a lot of people don't make tough calls. A lot of people are afraid to. They just, uh, they just won't do it. I have a friend who makes pretty tough calls. He fired his own brother-in-law just about, uh, and his brother-in-law had moved across country and moved in there and living in the city and doing well. And, uh, and this friend, boy, he just, he don't, he don't play. I mean, business is business, family is family. And uh, so when, the, when this issue came down, I said, man, you kind of gutted the, the top, didn't you? He said, Bill, I had to do it. It was best for everybody. And, and I said, yeah, but I said, before it's over, it'll just be a family business. He said, no, Ron's not here anymore. I said, you let Ron go? He said, yeah. I said, Ron introduced you to, to his, you know, his sister, who's now your wife. He said, yeah, and I appreciate him for that. <laughs> so, I was just kind of blown away. But that was a tough call. It makes me know why Dave is so high up and doing so well. He's not afraid of making the tough call. Many people are afraid of making that hard call. And because of that, it limits them from being able to go any further. And so we're going to give you here some, uh, some things about that. Definition of fear, you've probably heard it a thousand times. False evidence appearing real. Oftentimes fear is, uh, is more imagined than it really is real. You know, I mean, we, we can always get in our mind how horrible it will be. Have you ever done something that was supposed to be so horrific 
And after you did it, you said, that, that wasn't that bad. And, and you were perplexed that your, your imagined fear was a lot greater than the reality. Well, that's what, that's what fear does. Now, fear will paralyze you. Uh, it, it, will, it will cause you sometimes to look more at the obstacle. And you'll be more focused on it. I have, uh, I have some older uh, brothers and sisters. I, one time, my, my sister, I had a sister that uh, wanted to ride a motorcycle. And, and I knew how to ride motorcycles. And she's, she was the brain kid. I mean, just real smart and analytical and all that kind of stuff. And so I was going to show her how to ride a bike. So we're on a ball field. And I let her get on my little dirt bike. And I said, okay, here's how you do it. And I showed her a little bit. And I happened to make a mistake. This big old field out here, a huge football field, nobody on it. But there was a football laying down there. And I said, just don't hit that ball. You know what she did? <laughs> Aimed like a beeline to the ball. Uh, nah, nah. And next thing you know, hit the ball, and the ball pops this way, and she wobbles. And, and, and to this day, I can still see that. And I thought, if I had not said, hit, don't hit the ball, she probably would have never noticed the ball. But she was attracted to it. When we start focusing on fear, you will be attracted. It's almost like, you ever bought a car? Uh, you ladies know this with dresses, but, but you, you, know, you buy a car and you say, I bought it and I never noticed another one like it. I loved it. And after you get out of the parking lot, you notice five of them before you get home, just like yours, and they're everywhere. And, and, and you start saying, gee, what, what went on? I think when you let fear get in your heart, what happens is all of a sudden you'll see obstacle and obstacle and obstacle. And you'll hear things from people that they don't mean it to be negative, but anything they say, you no longer see them as friend but foe. And before you know it, you find yourself hunkered down, and the fear has got the best of you. Now, there is, uh, here's, here's what uh, uh, Bevan says. We know what happens to people who stay in the middle of the road. They get run over. You know, it's a picture of that squirrel in the middle of the road and can't go either way. And you know, every time I'm riding the road and the squirrel gets out in front of me, I'm thinking, you better get to one side or the other. Chances are real good that since I have wheels on both sides, if you don't move, you know, you're, you're, up, you're really gammoned. This is a, a statement that I circled on my note. Every decision that we make or don't make shapes our future. It's absolutely true. Every decision we make or don't make shapes our future. Uh, that, that's what it does. I wanted the other night to eat some peanut butter pie had a neighbor that cooked us as a welcoming gift. That's a good thing about moving. They, they brought us a gift over. And, and I looked at that pie, and it was great. I mean, it, it smelled great. It looked great. And I decided it's going to shape my future <laughs> if I eat that pie. And, and I went down, and on purpose, I got on the treadmill, and I walked two miles. Now, I walk every day a mile or so, but that night, I walked two miles. And I came back, and I started to eat that pie, and my wife said, you know what that'll do to you? I said, no, I didn't, I didn't take care of it. I didn't walk it off. See, I emptied the, the fat so I could make room for the fat. It may not show, but from downstairs to upstairs, I've already made room for this pie. So I'm going to eat it guilt-free. Well, every decision you make in your life, whether it be the little thing or the biggest, every decision you make is going to shape your future in some way. Some of you right now, when it comes to calls or relationships or sales, if you pick up that phone and make that call, no matter how afraid you are, you may be amazed at how that may suddenly open that door. You may, you may be surprised at how that one decision, that direction may turn out to be one of the best things you've done. And so don't let fear get you. 
Remember, you've got an opportunity in front of you. Well, how do I make decisions and taking the fear out of it? Let me give you six quick ways. Number one, gather information wisely. Gather your information wisely. Do your homework. I always ask the question, what's the worst that can happen? That is, what's the worst case scenario? One day I had, you know, I'm a pastor of a church, and in your business, whatever it may be, you may lose clients sometimes. One day I had this guy say, well, I want you to know if I leave, I'm going to take some people with me, and you're going to really be sorry if I don't get my way. And he was trying to hold me hostage to that. And I said, you're looking at the guy that's never been afraid to lose people. And I said, now listen to me carefully. We have 3,100 people here on Sunday. I mean, by the end of the weekend, Saturday night, two services, 3,100. I said, now keep that note down. Now, when I came here, we had 32 people here, okay? I said, so we got to lose 3,960 people before I start to shake. Can you take uh, 3,960 people with you? He said, I don't think I got that much influence. I said, then I'm not worried. Worst case scenario is that. I mean, you got to look in your life. What's the worst case scenario? What's the worst thing's going to happen? And if, and if you look at it and say, well, that's not so bad. It's not going to kill me. What it does is it puts things back in perspective. And too often, we, we're so afraid to make the big call because we think the world's going to fall apart when the world may not even notice we make a decision. And so uh, ask these, these questions. Has anybody else made this, the same decision? I even I highlighted on mine. And it's called go to school on another man's shot. And I will admit this to you. I, uh, I have a pool table in my house. And, uh, and I used to shoot poo when I was a kid. And, uh, and I'd, you know, after ball practice in the evening, I'd go, other kids go home, do the homework. I'd go, you know, me and some guys would go and we'd shoot poo. And uh, that's what we did. And, and I learned a term they used to say all the time. They used to say this, go to school on another man's shot. What it means is this, watch what they did and see if it works. In, in life, too many of us are making our own mistakes, you know, all the time. Go to school on their shot. Figure out what they did and say, you know, they said that to their wife and got slapped. I don't think I'll say that. You know, they said that to their boss and got fired. I don't think I'll say that. You go to school on another person's shot means you watch what somebody else did and you observe from that and learn. If I'm going to make a right decision, one of the ways I want to do it is I want to gather the information as best I can by asking those, those two questions. Number two, plan thoroughly. One of the problems that we have sometimes is this. We're real good at, at running off. We've got high energy, and that's great, but we need to make sure we spend as equal time in planning. Now, I know there are people out of balance. There's some people that all they do is plan, but they never execute. Then there are a lot of people that are executing, and they don't plan. And so what we've got to learn to do is spend a quality amount of time in the planning stage. Here's, here's how different people do it. My, my way of doing it is pretty easy. At night, one of the last things I do at night is plan my day for the next day. Just that most of it is already planned by other people. But by and large, the things I know I need to put my hands on, I'll plan that night. Because I know when I wake up in the morning, I don't have time to plan the day then. So I'll plan it at night. I'll write a to-do list. And and when I finish my to-do list, that way when I walk in the next morning, I already know where I'm going. Too many people are spending their time not doing much planning on the front end. And so therefore, when it comes to decisions, they're they're acting out of a vacuum. They're acting in response. They're reacting. And as a result, they may not be getting the best uh, of the the wisdom that they need to get when they make the decision. And so uh, make sure you plan real thoroughly. Number three, make decisions based on the company's mission and values. 
I, I could strongly suggest to you this, and, and this is probably something I ought to provide for you. I think I will. I'll, I'll get this for you as, a, as just a gift to give to you so that you can use it because we've got four or five companies that have taken our values and done it for their companies. And if you don't have any, these will be good to use just to kind of modify the way you want. We have a set of values that, is, that, that we hold to here. And those values are on everybody's desk. And it's 13 values. We teach them in our staff meeting. We go over one value per month. And then what we do is, is we regularly look at them and reflect on them. And when decisions have to be made that conflict with the values, the values always wins out. Recently, somebody wanted to do some special thing on a Sunday night. And we, we quickly said, wait a minute, what is the value? The value is that Sunday nights, we have said, is reserved for family time. We want the divorce rate to go down in Columbus. So we're going to do our part and set an example as a church. We don't have Sunday night church because we want you to spend time with your family on Sunday night. And I said, now it's wrong of us to ask of something to take a Sunday night when that value was already established. And so that quickly said, we can't do it on Sunday night. Was it something good? Sure. But did it, did it break a value? Yes. Well, then we don't do it. And so that's crossing the bridge before you get to it. So I would, I would encourage you. Well, I'll give you hours and you can look at it and, and you can modify it for your own if you want to use it. But the bottom line is this. If you make it in line with your values and missions, generally you'll stay on the course you're going on. Number four, if I want to take the fear of the decision, I want to do this. Do I have enough change to make the decision? Now think of it this way. I, I want to show you a lesson here that will help you to know when the right time to get a raise, right time to get promoted, all that works. It's just a thing we call, think of change as trust, okay? Uh, you have to know before you do something, how much trust do I have built in? How much do the people on my team or the people I deal with, how much do they trust me? And the only way that I can know that is this. If I've done positive things that have benefited their life, then I have what I call change, okay? Change means this. Um, it, I, I'll, I'll try to show you with an illustration of it and, uh, and see if that won't help. Boy, this will be looking good today, won't it? Rick, stand up here for just a moment. Rick Jones, and I'll show you what I got. Well, I'm looking good today. <laughs> I never have this much money. Okay, we're going to pretend these are ones. I got some 50s in this thing. Don't you dare go anywhere after this lunch. <laughs> All right, what happens is, I'll show you a quick way we do this. All right, Rick comes in here and he says, Pastor, I, or, or, he says, John, I just made, I just made this sale. And man, I landed the big account. And you know what Rick gets? Rick gets some change, all right? That's 50. That's pretty good, ain't it? And, and then he comes along and he says, uh, he said, and I want you to know also some other good deals. We just found a way to save a lot of money that's going out. And so guess what he gets? He gets some more. That's another 50, in it? Yeah. <laughs> that's sweet today, isn't it? <laughs> I won that golf game the other day. That's what. <laughs> you saw my golf game. You'd know better. The, the, and, then, and then Rick says, uh, and guess what I've also done? Man, we were able to, we were able to hire some winners uh, for, the, for the company. And I, man, what a great job. And so Rick's doing good now. And so Rick's, Rick's got change. Now, when Rick's got change, that's all I'm going to give you for the second, but Rick's got change. He's doing great. Now, don't grow him. No, no. <laughs> the, uh, uh, Rick, he's doing well. That's what happens. When you do well, you make change, right? All right, now all of a sudden... Um, the production that we promised to our biggest client didn't get out on time, and that was under Rick's department. Rick should have got that done, but they just all got done and then got to talking around the coffee machine. They didn't get it done. So guess what Rick did? He lost change, didn't he? And then all of a sudden, they found out that 
The new guy that he hired, he didn't check his references well, and the guy comes in, and we find out that he's wanted by the FBI and all the rest. <laughs> and so Rick's losing change, isn't he? And then all of a sudden, something happens to Rick. The, his whole department over there, we find out, they're, they're on crack rock, and, 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 and they're not really producing at all, and he's losing change. And now all of a sudden, I say, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and that's exactly what happens, too. Then all of a sudden, he drops the ball in another area, and you know what happens? He's out of change. He ain't got no change. He, he's, he is like this right here at that moment. He's walking around. Thanks, Rick. Give Rick a hand. What a good job you did. When he's out of change, he's walking around like this with nothing in his pocket. Now, that's where you got to understand, here's a rule. You got to have change to make change, Okay. If you want to change your organization, you got to have some change in your pocket. You got to have some trust built up. If you don't have any trust built up, you can't make change. If you got good change made with your banker and he knows you pay on time, you can go back in there and borrow again and he's fine with you. In every area, that's true in a marriage. You know, if I want to, if I want to come into a marriage and I want to receive out of it, I got to be making some investments prior. And so it's true in every relationship. You can't get from someone you haven't made an investment in. And so that's why the, you got to make change. And, and the way you make change is by having first some change to make. And, and so there's a real need for us to understand that change process. But it works real well if I make decisions. Now, that, uh, that brings me to the last one here, or the next one. And that is, uh, uh, and, and that's why I say to you on that one. Do you have enough change? Ask yourself the question. Before I charge this hill, have I got enough people that will go with me and do it? Have I made enough change with them? That will do that. You know what I'm doing right now? By the way, just, just a thought. And this is why you ought to do this around your desk. I meet every morning at a breakfast. And I meet almost three, sometimes two uh, nights a week with, another, with, with dinner. Going through and just meeting with people. What's going on? How's it going with you? And trying to meet people. You know why? Because one day they'll come that I want to make change. And when I want to make change, I want to have some change. And if they say, the only time you ever see me is when we're doing a fundraiser, guess what? I don't have no change. A quick illustration about that, Rick Milner over there. Remember the time I told you he was broke? He brought in this guy that was a world-class singer, but that night he was not at his best. And he said, Pastor, we've got to have him. He's awesome. Well, this guy came in. He sang for three hours, and people were leaving in droves. I mean, just running out the door. And Rick comes up to me right after, and he said, Brother Bill, listen, I was thinking about next week, I was going to Disney World, and I want to see if I could have my week off. And, and Rick will remember, he stood in the back of that hallway, I said, Rick, um, you know that little lesson I teach about change? He said, yeah. I said, you ain't got no change. I said, I put my arm around and said, I'll see you tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. And Rick didn't go to Disney World then. And you know what it did? Here's what it did. From then on, Rick decided, before I bring in somebody else, I want to know, are you really good? Because the last guy that told me he's good and I brought him in, I lost a vacation over. And so it makes a whole lot. Of, now Rick brings me the stuff that makes change, and it helps all of us. Um, number number uh, five, be sensitive to timing. Be very sensitive to timing. If I'm going to make the right decision, there's a right time to do it, okay? The other day, somebody caught me that quick. Oh, man, did I? I almost called somebody and was going and, and to position them where it would have helped them, but I needed what they had. And, and I picked up the phone, called them. And about the time I called him, the secretary called in and said, is that, you know, I'll say, John, John, you talking to me? And I said, yeah, I'm waiting for him to come to the phone. And she said, you know, his mother just died. I didn't know. And I said, no, I didn't know. She said, yeah, his mother just passed away. And I said, thanks for telling me. 
And so he gets on the phone. Yeah, Bill, how can I help you? Listen, just want to express my condolences. Found out 30 seconds ago that your mother passed away. And he said, well, then that wasn't the reason he's calling. What was he calling for? I said, it can wait. There's nothing as big as what you've got. You've got funeral arrangements. And uh, don't worry about that. I'll talk to you about that later on. But, but, you know, it would have sounded cruel if I had called and said, hey, here's what I want to do and set up something. I had this grand idea. And I didn't know that his mother just died. And so there's an issue with timing on every decision that you've got to be willing to say, is this the right time to do this? And, and sometimes you're forced. You've got to make a decision right then. But if you can control the timing, the best thing to do is set up. I've always said this on timing. If you're going to let somebody go, do it at the end of a week. You know, don't, don't get them on Monday and make them have to live through it all, all week. I don't, ever, I don't believe you ought to fire anybody during Christmas time. Uh, I, somehow I just have a hard time opening my gifts and thinking they're out of a job. No matter how bad they are, you know. I've just said you've got to hold them through those particular holidays. And so there's certain things that, that I think you need to remember in, in those areas of timing. If I'm going to make the decision, no, no, no time. And then number six is this. This is a simple one. Make the decision. Just make it. There comes a time that you've probably got, and by the way, when you've got about 70% of the information, you probably got it. You know, you don't have to wait around for 100. It, the, the other 30% probably won't matter. But there comes a time you've got to say, okay, I'm going to make it. You know, you've heard that joke about the, the guy fishing with the old game warden, you know, and, and they said, well, I don't see how you catch all that fish. He said, well, go out with me sometime, I'll show you. He said, okay, they got on a boat. Game warden's watching the guy reaches under his life jacket, pulls up a stick of dynamite, lights it, throws it in the water, blows up, and these fish come floating to the top. And game warden says, you can't do that. That's against state law. Are you an idiot? He said, you can't do that. And he just doesn't say a word, pulls up another stick, lights it, hands it to game warden. He said, you going to talk or fish? <laughs> there, there comes a time in every decision you got to decide Am I going to talk or fish? Am I going to do this or not? Once you've got most information, you just got to act on it, all right? If you're listening to a borrowed copy of this lesson, consider becoming an XL Leadership member. Visit our website at www.xl-leadership.com. That's xcel-leadership.com. Or call 1-800-474-9235. Each month, you'll receive an audio lesson informative lesson outlines, an attractive library quality storage binder to organize your material, plus an opportunity to purchase Excel Leadership Mentoring Tools at a discount. Don't miss out on future lessons. Contact Excel Leadership today at www.xl-leadership.com. Excel Leadership, providing you with professional leadership training.